My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. So October is National Physical Therapy Month, and what we as physical therapists want to make sure, especially at JAG1 Physical Therapy, is everybody understands that physical therapists aren't just for when you get hurt. They can help you biomechanically. If the muscle is imbalanced and there's a biomechanical deviation, you're setting yourself up for pain. Please come and visit your physical therapist. Say hello to your community therapist at JAG1 PT, and ultimately understand that we are here to help you prevent injury as well. Get back to the life you love at JAG1 Physical Therapy, the most awarded physical therapy provider in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas, back in the building. Be More Today's show is back for the month of October, talking about National Physical Therapy Month. I am so excited to kick off this month talking about the profession that I love, physical therapy. It is something that has become who I am. It's a part of me. And if you listen to one episode of the show or all the ones we've had over 100 episodes so far, including our Project 40 stuff or anything else, you know that I love being fit, being focused. That's what Be More Today is all about. And the Be More Today show in its third season now has grown, uh, showcasing so many people in the health and wellness field. And again, if you've seen us or want to be a part of the the movement of Be More Today, check out our website, bemoretoday.com, for my book uh, uh, on Amazon and on our Be More Today page, and our podcast, which is everywhere um, on your favorite podcast platforms, now heard in over 63 countries, uh, over 26,000 downloads. We've been cruising and growing and striving, so thank you so much for all your love and support. It does not go unnoticed. My quote for today is simple as always. You try to stay within the rules for the sake of the game. But you can always turn up the intensity by famous Giants linebacker Lawrence Taylor. Folks, this has been a time where sports are back in play, right? All around the country, all around the world. There have been sports, 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 sports. And I'm someone who loves sports. I played uh, so many sports in, in, in various schools. And it's how I got into being a therapist in the first place, from being injured. One of the things that I see in my own life and in other lives as well of other people is that sometimes we like to just stay within the lines and get those things done, right? Your nine to five, your 40 hours, your regular family stuff, whatever you're doing. And that's great. But you can always turn up the intensity. 
You can always be better. You can always be more. You can always strive to be the best at what you're doing in that situation. Because isn't that what life is supposed to be about? Going out there and turning it up, right? We talk about turn up, turn up, turn up. But I'm all about turning up in terms of life, being better at what you're doing, uh, being the best person on the field and in the classroom and in the clinic. Because what's the point of life if you're not going to go out there and give it your all, give it your best? So as we talk about National PT Month, I want to bring on guests who are doing that, who are striving to be better and be more for their communities, uh, for their clinics, and for their families and others in their in their worlds as well. And my guest for today is the embodiment of that. His name is Michael Dunn. Now, after graduating from the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia with a Master's of Physical Therapy and a Bachelor of Science in Health Sciences in 2001, Mike went on to receive his Doctor of Physical Therapy from the University of Scranton in 2009. Prior to receiving his doctorate in 03, Mike completed his ATC, Athletic Training Certification, by the internship route with well-rounded clinical experience at St. Joseph's University, Pennsylvania, Hasbrook Heights High School, and Montclair State University. Since 2004, Mike has been a physical therapy athletic training consultant with the New York Football Giants. My team, let's go. His career reaches beyond the field as a well-established physical therapist at Jaguar Physical Therapy in Hackensack and New Jersey. Now, Mike's education has earned him the title of Board Certified Sports Clinical Specialist, SCS, through the American Board of Physical Therapy Specialties of the American Physical Therapy Association. Mike currently serves as Vice Chair for the APTA of New Jersey Sports PT Special Interest Group. In addition, to being a member of the APTA and the NATA National Athletic Training Association. Mike also continues to expand his knowledge by attending continuing education courses, including hospital professional surgery, advanced hip clinician, dry needling, blood flow restriction, Graston technique, cupping, myofascial decompression, and various manual-based courses. He assists with JAG-1 Physical Therapy's mentorship program, for new graduates, is also a clinical instructor for physical therapy students. Having played basketball at the University of the Sciences, Mike continues to follow college basketball and enjoys attending and watching games with his family, as well as coaching his children's games. Mike, along with his wife and kids, developed a passion for the cross, and whenever possible, Mike can be found on the lacrosse field coaching boys and girls lacrosse as a U.S. lacrosse certified level one coach. Mike's unique experience working simultaneously in outpatient sports medicine, physical therapy clinics, while also providing treatment for the New York football giants for the past 19 season has enabled him to assist patients and physical therapists under a wide umbrella of sports physical therapy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage our first guest for National PT Month, Mike Dunn. What's going on, Mike? How are you doing? How are you feeling today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Listen, I appreciate you. You are one of the pillars of Jaguar Physical Therapy. You've been doing great things for the company. And when I asked the marketing team, give me people who I think that people need to know about, people who are doing great things, who are doing things that are not always out there. Uh, your name came first to the list, and I got to appreciate you as the first member of Jaguar PT and the first guest for National PT Appreciation Month. You are number one right now. So 
I appreciate you and your time and thanks for being on the show. Yeah, well, thank you. I guess I, guess I have a lot to live up to if I am uh, number one right now. So hopefully I can live up to this. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get into it, Mike. I know you, you've been doing a lot of things and you are, are PT and ATC. And people have always talked about this PT life, right? Some people get into it because they had an injury. Some get into it because they played sports. I know you played basketball back in the day and still do to this day. What got you into physical therapy and athletic training well uh, it is it's probably your typical pt story you know i grew up loving sports and playing sports and in high school got injured um and went to pt and you know went through the process as a young high school athlete and you know as as i was getting into looking at colleges i said oh this is something i could want to do i wouldn't i didn't want i didn't see myself sitting behind a desk I saw myself being active and moving and helping other athletes since I loved sports so much. So that's kind of what got me down that PT road, you know, and applied into school, got into PT school, uh, went to the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia. And luckily, when I was there, um, had a great orthopedic teacher, um, Dr. Marsha Epler, who was also an ATC. And she introduced the athletic training world to me. And again, when I was younger, I didn't realize the difference between PTATC and also the overlap. So in school, I kind of said, oh, maybe athletic training is really what I wanted to do, um, working so close, closely with athletes. Um, but nonetheless, I said, I'm sticking out the PT route. I enjoyed PT as well. And then I just started going through the athletic training internship route. So back in the day, um, when I was in PT school, I ended up doing, they had the internship route where you had to get 1500 hours of volunteer hours under an athletic trainer. And with your PT credits, it would sit, it, it would transfer over into, um, being able to sit for the board. So that's what I ended up doing as a student in PT school. I ended up volunteering a lot with athletic trainers. And then as a young graduate, I ended up going down the internship route and, volunteering up here in New Jersey at Hasbrook Heights High School and Montclair State University to get my hours and be able to sit for the boards and become an ATC. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you and I share a similar story. I also got hurt in high school, my meniscus playing basketball nonetheless. And uh, that's how I got into PT too. And to be honest, I, I didn't even take my PT seriously. The first time I went through it, I literally went to physical therapy and uh, the place I went to was not a great place. They weren't really giving me a lot of attention. And, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't doing anything there. So I cut my PT short and I went home and did stuff on my own. And I got better. I kind of rushed my therapy, went running again, and I got hurt four years later. And then at that time, I did a th different therapy with different therapists and saw how you really can put good time and energy into this thing and you can get better. But it takes time and it takes effort. And uh, yes, for sure. that's how I got into it by by trial and error for my second time. But mm -hmm. uh, the similarity between us is is good. And we're, we're kind of in the same age bracket. So um, I appreciate that that story so much. And it brings me now to my, my next question for you, because you not just are doing uh, PT and ATC together, which many people are doing, but you have the the luxury and I guess the blessing of working with my favorite football team, and that is New York Giants. So how, sir, did that relationship come into existence? Um, yeah, and it's it's I, I, I was very lucky and still consider myself very lucky to continue to be able to help and assist the team. Um, but it, it was setting myself up with 
working hard as a young PT. And, you know, I know we're going to get into some questions with young PTs, but when I was young, I just kept working as an athletic trainer along with, um, as along with working in the PT clinic. And it goes back to in school, I set myself up with sports um, internships, um, sport uh, physical therapy internships, clinicals. And then through there, they knew someone at the Giants that connected me with the Giants. So almost like most things in life, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So I got my foot in the door. Um, the dual licensed helped me and um, I was referred to a clinic, started working in a PT clinic. And then I was then referred back to the Giants um, once I was officially licensed by um, uh, the NATA BOC. So when I was licensed, I went back and started lucky enough to hop in and volunteering with the Giants. So I ended up putting in, in a year of volunteering and trying to learn from their staff. And then that manifested into being able to continue year after year as a consultant coming in. So I'm very lucky because I still keep my regular job here at JAG one, but then during the season, I, I end up having my second job with my second family and working with the giants through the season. So put in a lot of hours, but um, enjoy every minute of it. And it was, you know, the hard work of, of setting myself up with the clinicals and working with the right people that got me into working with the giants. I love it. And again, not just my favorite team because I'm a Giants fan through and through, but the sure. fact that you said that you had to be there and come back and, and volunteer and, and intern and then got your shot, but it was because your persistence, your resilience, those things got you to where you are now. I think a lot of people lose sight of that. They lose the the only one is what, what they see, right? Mm -hmm. Mike works for the Giants. Oh, what do I have to do to do that? No, no. It yeah. takes time. It takes effort. It took diligence. It took meeting the right people. It took having yeah. a reputation. It took all those things for you to yeah. be able to say, yes, now I've been doing this for a long time because I had to go through a lot to even get that position. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people, whether you're talking about PTs or any profession, we lose sight of that. We think that we want to just have whatever that person has, not even seeing what happened on the backside, uh, how many yeah. hours you had to put it on, you know, when, when the clock wasn't on. And, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that I think sets you apart from others when it comes to our profession, because you put it in the work and you've been, you've been blessed and, and, and awarded there are the rewards that come with that. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so look, you know, the road from becoming um, a board certified sports uh, clinical specialist is a, is, a, is a rough one, right? We have a lot of certifications in our, in our field and that's one of the big ones. And I'm curious for you um, what the road was like and, and how you now have meshed your training as a PT in ATC and now uh, a CSC uh, into the, the life that you have as a therapist and as a trainer? How has this enhanced your, your clinical skills? How do you see your patients differently? Uh, give us some insight on that. Yeah, um, you know, and it's, it's funny, and you, we were just talking about working hard, and I tell all the young PTs that I work with, you know, you got to put your time in and work. And that's what I did when I was younger, and being a dual certified, uh, looking at the SCS, I said, I don't really need to get it because... I'm an athletic trainer and I am already working in sports and, and um, seeing athletes in the PT clinic. And then as I got grew as a clinician, I said, I wanted to challenge myself and sit down and study for the boards and, and 
you know, give myself a little challenge to, to take the next step. So that, that's kind of what, what my push was and my internal drive was just to do something new and different for myself. Um, the test is extremely hard. So, you know, you, you do have to put a lot of time into it, but again, in a strange way, it's enjoyable that you're, you're learning new things and constantly trying to grow as a clinician. So you, you pick up new things with every, every new activity or task you take on. So um, that's kind of why I went down that road. And it, I mean, it's a perfect, perfect mi mix for me because being an athletic trainer, I'm not really doing too much more. You know, the big thing with the SES from a PT perspective, you have to get into the sports world. You know, they require you to do a certain amount of on-field um, coverage. But working with the Giants for so many years, I have that. So it was just like a natural progression that I did this and I'm not going out of my way to, to, to fulfill any requirements. And it just, again, continues to build my knowledge. And then I'm able to bring that into the training room as well as in the PT clinic. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the beauty of our profession. There's so much overlap. And then when you're doing the right things, you can mesh what you do with what you love to do. Right. Mm -hmm. It becomes not even like it's work. Like, like you said, you go into your second family. That's actually your family for you. You have fun. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure you have fun being there, being on the sidelines, watching the game is helping out. So that's exciting. That's exciting. For sure. Um, and I think that the thing that we want to highlight here is that, you know, you can have fun and, and enjoy what you're doing because when you do that, then the people you work with also have fun. Like it also yeah. makes their lives easier. It also makes yeah. their experience better. Um, whether you're in the clinic or you're on the field, you know, if you love what you do, they're going to see that mm -hmm. and it's gonna make them play better. It's going to make them perform their exercises better. It's going to make the whole experience just uh, a higher level of quality. So um, what are some of the things, Mike? I mean, you, you've had the luxury of working with patients at Jaguar and also working with uh, some of the best athletes in the world on the field. Um, what are some of the similarities you see between, uh, I guess, being a therapist and an ATC in terms of what uh, patients struggle with and what athletes struggle with when it comes to being diligent to exercises, um, trusting this PT, ATC thing, trusting what you say as a clinician, um, or even appreciating the process of going through these things, mm -hmm. getting hurt, the time it takes to recover, the time it takes to put the work in. What are some of the similarities you see between, if there are any, you see between- Yeah, well, between you know, and uh, the biggest thing is, is the unknown. You know, you have a patient come in to the PT clinic, they don't know what to expect. You know, if they're post-op or if they have a new injury and they can't, you know, work or they can't play a sport, it's just the unknown of what's going to happen to me and how long is it going to take? When am I getting back? What's, you know, what's the process? And the same thing occurs for the athletes. It's, oh my God, when am I getting back? What's going to happen? How am I getting back on the field? And that similarity is, you know, there with every everyday people in our PT clinics and the professional athlete as well. And it's, we do have a great profession and it, it is fun, right? Because we usually have, we have an open clinic. We have you, you know, like I said, it's a family. We have our, the Jag one family. I have my giant family. It's, we're all in it together, getting everyone better. And when you get to explain what's going to happen and you teach the exercises and you teach the patient what to expect, and then they start to see it happening, they start really trusting you. And then they, you know, that trust then also builds into a friendship. And again, you kind of just, it becomes a family and people enjoy coming to PT and being there. And then you get them to 
grow and get better. And it's, you know, patients are very appreciative of it. Athletes are very appreciative of it. It's rewarding and fulfilling that you're able to help people get back to what they want to do or what they need to do for, for life. So it's, 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 I, I think that's the most rewarding part of our profession that we were able to help people and guide them through some tough times with injuries that are really unknown to them. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And I, I connect with that because I've seen it for the last number of years with myself, just that's really the beauty of it. And, uh, you know, I talk to my friends sometimes about the connection they have with patients and they're always just like baffled how close we can be with these people. Um, we don't really know them, but you get to know them. You see them yeah. every week, you know, we talk about their families, their moms, their dads, their kids, anniversaries, birthdays. Um, and it becomes just part of, like you said, it's family now that you're trying to make someone feel better and also get better in so many ways. And mm -hmm. that's the beauty of this thing, right? That's the beauty of our profession. Yeah. But there are some restrictions, I think, when it comes to our profession. And we've talked about some of these um, as a whole, but not on this show yet. And I talked to John about this, our, our CEO. Um, and your profession may be a little different because, again, you are vice chair of the APTA of New Jersey um, Sports Interest Group. You're also a member yep. of the APTA and, and ATA. Uh, and there are a number of things that we as clinicians can and cannot do, depending on where you are in the world, right? New York and New mm -hmm. Jersey can be very, very different um, yes. in terms of what we are allowed to do in our profession, right? We talk about things like dry needling. We talk about uh, now BFR is something that is on the cusp of saying whether we can or cannot do that, the fall in the scope of practice, uh, and all these other things that now are being tailored towards our profession for what we can or cannot do. What are some of your thoughts? You've been in this game for a long time, doing a number of things, and you're part of so many committees. What are your thoughts on the restrictions um, that are now being placed on us in various ways, what PTs can or cannot do, or what fall under our scope of practice? Yeah, uh, and you know, it is challenging. And um, obviously we have to follow our practice acts and our state's rules and regu regulations. So we, we have to do what, what we're, we're restricted to do or by, those, by the practice act in whatever state you work in. Um, but you know, the hardest thing is it's, restricting patients from getting better. You know, these are all, you know, these are all tools in our toolbox that we can provide to a patient, help them get better. Um, not everyone responds to dry needling or to BFR. And, you know, um, you don't necessarily do it on every single patient, but some patients will re respond well to it and um, be able to recover or feel better because of these techniques. So it's, it's a little frustrating that, you know, you know, something with dry needling, it was, we were able to do it and I was certified in it. And then it was pulled and now just coming back into New Jersey that we're, you know, getting, uh, being able to do it. It's in our practice act again this year. Um, and I'm excited for that because I think it is a great technique. So we just have to, I'm going to go through the process of the hours that, that are going to be required by the state to be able to provide the service again. Um, but I think it's just another tool in our toolbox to provide to the patients. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to get the patients better and to help the patients. So more things that I'm able to do and the more techniques or certifications I'm able to um, achieve and can provide to my patients, I think the, the patient is going to benefit in the long run. What I took from that, Mike, is that, you know, you we were given this, this um, charge that we can't do certain thing and then it was now given back to us, or at least to you guys in New Jersey, we can't do it here in New York. Uh, but your response was poignant in the sense that you said, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes now 
to do what I have to do to be able to do that again to help my patients in the long run. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that's that's huge because it, it shows that, yes, you could have just said, well, you know what? I'm not going to just do that. I'll just do whatever else I can do. But you're, you're saying since it is so effective and it can help so many people, I'll take the extra step. I'll do the extra thing to get what I need to get done to make sure I can get the best quality of care for my patients in the future. And I think that that's 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 noteworthy. I think that's, that's something that we lose sight of as clinicians. And I think that's something that even the next generation of clinicians doesn't always bode well with, right? We yeah. got to do some things sometimes a little differently to get the mm-hmm. results that we're looking for. And, you know, if you're from the old school in terms of therapy, you may get those things. But we've had a number of new grads um, in, our, in our new profession, not just in Jaguar, but across the country, our, our profession as a whole, right? Things that they're learning now are a little different than what you and I may have learned in school back in the day. And you being a CI, um, you have an integral role in the mentoring program we have here at JAG1. Uh, I think you have one of the first uh, interactions with a lot of these uh, new grads when they come in and have a chance to really, with the assistance of the directors in their various occasions, but to really get them into um, the workforce and to really put what they learn in terms of book stuff and board examination stuff into into perspective and mm-hmm. to give them a real idea of how this thing now PT, this role can really look for them in terms of clinical and professional development and actual um, um, science that they're seeing in, in the clinic and in, in the world. So what are some of your thoughts? What can you share um, with the new grads who are just starting out or will be starting out soon um, so they can take advantage of some of the opportunities that we had in the mentoring program and some of the thought processes that we should be having as seasoned clinicians, as we walk into this ever-changing profession of care. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we have a, a great company and there's a lot of knowledge in our company. So there, there are therapists in all the regions that have great experience and great knowledge to be able to share. And again, going back to what I talked about, I to get to where I was, I volunteered a lot and put a lot of extra time in but I was very lucky to have um, someone to look up to. I, I always had a mentor to look look to and um, be able to throw ideas off, ask questions, and gain knowledge. You know, um, working as a young PT, I, I was lucky enough to work with two or three other PTs at a time. Working with the Giants, there's, you know, six different PTs. There's the physicians. There are there's a chiropractor. So there's always people around and that's how you're going to learn. You're going to learn from others, not just reading a book, treating a patient. You're going to gain experience that way, but you have to learn through connecting with others and learning. Um, So that is one thing, you know, I try to give back by helping out and giving, sharing some of my experiencing, sharing, sharing, sharing my techniques, you know, and it's, you know, you have to put the time in to get better. And we do have that here. And the, the mentorship program is a great program um, run by ja- John and Christy. So they're doing a phenomenal job that I was lucky enough to assist them with it. And I even sit there and take my own notes during the, the sessions, you know, because you pick up on something new or something different that I haven't done in a while. So there's just knowledge everywhere. So from a new grad, you know, I, I know sometimes it's hard. You 
you're done with school, you're done with the board, you just kind of want to coast with, oh, let me work my 40 hours, let me enjoy, you know, the work-life balance. But in order to keep getting better and gaining gaining experience, you have to put the time into it. And here at JAG1, we're just offering it to, to our clinicians, and it's a, a great way to continue to learn and grow as a PT. Yeah, I got to say, I've, I've had a number of my uh, students, my, my first years, um, come in and do the mentoring program, and they say, wow, this is really better than I thought. I guess the expectation is always, oh, how good can it be? You know, I don't mm -hmm. need mentoring. What's the big deal? When they actually sit for the classes, when they actually go and they observe and they listen, they always come back and say, man, I, I learned so much from that. That was so um, invigorating and, and inspiring even to, to say, let me go out there and now apply what I've learned and what they're showing me now to my patient on Monday or on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So it's a great program for those of you who are not a part of it or um, looking to be a part of it, please uh, reach out and, and be a part of the program as well. And those who are not part of the JAG1 program, if you don't have a mentoring program, you got to get one because it is one of the, 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 the best ways to segue uh, new grads into the work life. It can be very, very daunting, I think. And you can probably attest this as well. When you come out and you try to apply what you learn in school and you see that some things you learned or something on the board exam don't really equate to what's happening in the clinic, right? Mm -hmm. you, you try to apply some of those things to your patient, to your eval, and it's just not working. And that's experience. And sometimes these mentoring programs can just teach you, look, I've seen this, but what works a little better is this. And just gives yeah. you a, a better perspective. And again, it just helps us treat our patients better if we know, you know, different ways to, to solve the same problem. So you got, you're doing a great job with that. And I, just, I give you kudos for that. And I just thank you. It. Um, look, you've managed to, to merge a lot of your passions for sports into your career. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of that, you know, as a, as a runner, as a dancer, as a um basketball player also you know i appreciate merging everything that we like into what we can do for our career and as a coach um and a former player you're doing so many things with your kids and your community uh what are some tips now you again you've seen the big time athletes for the giants and um our big and slash small time athletes in terms of jag one and, and our everyday people but what are some tips you can share um with athletes and, and even with uh, people who are weekend warriors and those who to see us for regular therapy, when it comes to being able to perform and play at our highest level. Because I think, you know, now that we're going into the sports season for so many different sports, um, playing at a high level is something we always try to get at and we always try to do. But there are certain things that can hold us back from that. And there is a sense of a mental slash physical connection when it comes to being able to perform on the playing field, especially if you're coming out off for an injury or just trying to mm -hmm. get your body back to where it needs to be. And as therapists, we do a number of things when it comes to inspiring people and getting them to be better on the playing field and on the field of life. So what are some tips that you can share or maybe things you share with your other patients or athletes that help them to get ready to perform at their highest potential, either physically or mentally? Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I sit there and again, it, it's that the, the drive. If you really love and enjoy what you're doing, you don't need to be pushed to kind of do it. It's just inherently in you to keep working. And when, when it comes to, you know, sports and life in general, you're going to have uh, bumps in the uh, bumps in the road that are going to, you know, throw you off course. You might have an injury that throws you off course. So you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep working hard and, you know, 
getting through and having having supportive family and friends and and being able to sit there and just work through it and and i think that's why being getting into the ptatc world you know it's it's something you see on a daily basis with injured athletes you just kind of all right nope that we have to work through this we have to get over it it will get better and the same thing when you're when you're on the field and when you're practicing and if you lose your spot on the team or, you know, you, you go from the starting five and now you're the sixth man off the bench. You, you have to look at, don't look, always look at it as a negative, try to take the positive out of it and keep working harder and working towards um, your goals and, and getting back to doing what you want to do. Yeah, I completely can, I can agree with that. And, you know, I'm curious, Mike, for you, you, I know you played sports and continue to play sports every now and then how much of what you do, now uh, is tied to the experiences that you experienced when you were playing sports in high school and college, et cetera. Um, I, I mean, I'm again, lucky enough, like you just said, I I'm still, you know, involved with the New York giants. So still part of a team. I've been coaching my kid kids since they were younger now. Um, and just involved in that, that team, the, the team support, you know, and I just look at it as, you always need that team support to be able to help yourself get through and get over over the top of situations and circumstances. And that's what life is, is you're go always going to have to fight through things and having the support of others is always helpful. That's it. That's it. Mike, you're hitting everything right on the nail and I appreciate that. And that's what Be More Today is about. We've talked about so many things and so many people on the show uh, talking about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And the phrase Be More Today has been asked to everyone on this show, over 100 episodes, trying to figure out what Be More Today means to them. So Mike Dunn, when you hear the yeah. phrase Be More Today, what does that phrase mean to you? Um, it, it means be better than you were yesterday. You know, just every day you're, you're, you're going to have rough days, you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days, but no matter what, you go to bed, you wake up the next day and it's a new day and a new beginning. And all you're trying to do is just be a little better than you were the day before. You don't have to be the best at the, you know, the best PT in the world. You don't have to be the best basketball player, the best football player in the world. Just be better than you were yesterday. And that kind of what that meaning, I look at that meaning and what that, that saying means, I should say, you know, just be a little better than you were yesterday, work on a few things and then, Day by day, you're you're doing more, and week by week, you're doing more, and then hopefully, you're just becoming a better person, better PT, better husband, better father, whatever it is. You're just working at everything to be a little better. Awesome, Mike. What's next for you, man? What's going on? Any goals you have, or anything happening for the season? I know probably is working with the Giants now. That's probably the next thing for you. But anything else that we should know that you're happening in your life for the next couple of months? What's going on? With yeah, you? you know, the, the next couple months are are dedicated to um, the Giants and and being here in Hackensack at Jag One. So it's 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 the constant grind during the season of of working. And like I said, I'm lucky enough, and I tell everyone I love my jobs. You know, coming to work. You know, it's hard sometimes. It's hard waking up early and getting out of bed. But once you're at work, it's enjoyable, and I'm lucky for that. So the next few months are going to be you know, dedicated to continuing helping my patients, helping the team get better, doing what I can to be better. And then 
we'll see see where we go and then moving forward from there come the new year awesome mike i appreciate you being on the show today you are a rock star and you kicked off our pt month uh with the bang so thank you so much for your time and thank you for your service and go big blue we appreciate you yes for sure and thank you for having me on it was a pleasure being here no problem folks and don't forget what he said he said so many things right just talking about resilience talking about putting in the work talking about uh waiting for his chance and talking about continuing to learn and to grow no matter how long you've been doing something you can always get better and that's what our quote was today by lt right talking about staying within the, the game doing the rules but turning up the intensity, you can always be better. You can always be more. You can always strive to be a little more proficient in what you're doing. And that's what being more today is going to be all about. So listen to Mike Dunn's words. You can follow him uh, as always. Uh, he'll be following with the Giants, hoping to uh, have a great season this year. And as always, be more today. Uh, check us out on bemoretoday.com for my book, our swag store, or our more merch is open. And the podcast is going to be, as always, on your favorite podcast platforms on YouTube and on uh, any platform you have for podcasts. Check us out, check us out, check us out. Any questions you want to share with me or with Mike, you can email me directly at drshawn at bemorestay.com. And you can also uh, follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And folks, as I always say, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take your steps greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. Peace. journey starts with a thought, a vision, fueled by a why. But what's your why? Why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday? You already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent. You already know that next level results require next level effort, period. But why is today different than any other day? What's your why? How are you going to get to the next level? Most of you want to make it to the promised land of success, but aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today.